In the past just under two years, we've said goodbye in our family to two patriarchs. On Tuesday, we will bury my grandfather, who was my second father, a man of God, a man who was steadfast, a man who was faithful, and a man who trusted in the goodness and the kindness of God. But as that reality has hit me in the last few weeks, and many of you may not have known it, as I hide it quite well, I believe, my family probably knew, but most of all the Lord knew. So how do I deal in these situations and circumstances is I go back to the Lord. The psalmist would say, where else and whom else could I go but to the Lord? And I started to read and muse and think upon Luke 23. And the preciousness of Calvary has become far more precious to me in the last two years than it ever did in the past. It's the foundation of our faith. Without Calvary, we have no hope. We have no future. We have nothing to look forward to. But the reality is that with Jesus dying in our stead and rising from the tomb, we have a life that's worth the living and we have a hope that this world can never take from us. I was hoping that COVID-19 would bring unison amongst the body, but unfortunately it's brought a lot of division. But the reality is that Jesus came to bring unison. He came to bring redemption. He came to bring forgiveness of sins. And as those two criminals hung on the left and the right, they had watched Jesus. They had observed Jesus. They had probably heard about how Herod had treated Christ, parading him around like a trophy in front of his military. The same Herod that had taken the head of John the Baptist was now blaspheming Jesus himself. But the reality is Herod, if he was unrepentant, would have to stand before the Almighty God for his actions. Pilate was seeking to rid himself of Jesus. He says, I can find no fault in this man. And the problem was that the demonic was flowing so much then amongst the crowds they could, that the enemy could see that the, its opportunity was to take Jesus out. The one who was going to destroy death, hell and the grave, so the enemy was going hard. And what was the crowd's response? Give us Barabbas. Give us a criminal. Give us anyone but Jesus. And then as they dragged the crosses through the city, the crowd jeering, the crowd blaspheming, everyone, most people abandoned Jesus when he needed them most. The woman folk followed. You can never speak against the loyalty of a godly woman. Praise God for them in our lives. And then as we head into the latter part of Luke 23, the thieves observed Jesus and they observed him saying this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive those that whipped me. Forgive those that blasphemed me. Forgive those that willingly sought to destroy me. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And there are two reactions. One thief joined the throng 
And he said, if you're the Christ, save yourself and us also. But the other one came to the Lord's defense and said, do you not fear God? This man had watched Jesus. He had endured everything that they had endured. And he had touched the heart of this man. Do you not fear God? We deserve what we're getting. We're criminals. We're dying a criminal's death. But the one before us is perfect. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And this man knew that this one before them was not an ordinary man. He was the son of God. He says, Lord, remember me when you comest into your kingdom. He acknowledges him as Lord and God. He acknowledges that his kingdom is not this earthly kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom. And it all began because of the fear of the Lord. And I believe that we all need to come back to that reverential respect and fear of who God is. It's missing far too much in too many places. It can change my behavior, and it has over the years. I've probably gone too far in fearing God and the repercussions. But it stopped me from sinning in certain areas. Because not only do I have a reverential respect for God, but I don't want to hurt him. Because the reality is that he gave his absolute all at Calvary. And as I sat there this morning, what I picked up in the spirit is that there are some who are struggling with doubt and fears and you're trust, failing to trust God in this season. Somehow and sometime you may have even blamed God. You may have said that God doesn't love me. God doesn't want me to have this in life and that in life. God doesn't even like me at all. He hates me. But the reality is that that's a lie from the enemy. And we as Christians need to speak life and life only. And that's been on my heart and my mind, the reality of speaking the reality of heaven. And just as we come into this time of communion in the four spots of the table here, I would just encourage us all to look up to the cross this morning. If you've been struggling, believing that God loves you, look into the eyes of Jesus. There's no love like his love. There's no kindness like his kindness. There's no mercy like his mercy. The enemy will be telling you all sorts of things, but let's look into the eyes of the one who suffered and bled and died for your sin and for my sin. And he didn't stay on that cross. No, he willingly went through the wrath of God against your sin and my sin. That's the love of God this morning. Don't question it. Tom, don't question my love. He's told me that. And he arose the third day, and he became the firstfruits of those that have diligently sought him. We seek him this morning. We bless you this morning as we come into prayer. Our Father, we just want to bless you. We want to praise you, and we want to worship you. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest fame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Our Father, we've been through a tough season, and there's been lots of sinking ground, but this morning you just want us to stand on who you are. We want us to look off onto Jesus, the author, 
the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. Our God, we thank you that you loved us beyond all measure, that, our God, you will never walk away from us. Lord, you loved us unto death, even the death of the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We thank you that you were whipped, Lord, that you were brutally slandered, that you were blasphemed, yet you opened not your mouth in defence, because it was your Father's will that you would die for the sake of us, your creatures. Lord, you created, God, you created us in your image, knowing that Adam and Eve would sin, knowing that they would fall short of your glory, knowing that you would have to give your well-beloved another example of the love of God. We thank you. We bless you. We thank you for your body as we take it. We thank you for your precious blood that washes us and cleanses us whiter than snow. We bless you. We praise you. And our God, we thank you for those that are gone before, that they're forever with you in paradise, a place where there is no death, no sickness, no crying. Jesus, we long to be with you, but we do this in remembrance of you until you come. And everyone says...